Blog Talk Radio. Dig it! Welcome to... Dig it! Welcome to the Atomic... Dig it! Welcome to the Atomic Drop Show, live on Blog Talk Radio. Your number one source for wrestling news, interviews, and analysis. You better listen to this. This is the slash of the slicer, the dicer, the ripper, the sweater, the love taker, the money maker, the honey shaker. God. The Rock Superstar Chaos. Sid Vicious. The Hardcore Homo Angel. This is Jimmy Jacobs, and you're listening to the Atomic Drop Radio Show. You can be part of the show by calling in at area code 646-915-9116. Checking it out is my ear is tuned in, and my body feels the pains of the slams and the chops. I'm sitting here on the Atomic Drop Show ready to kick some butt. Kick your money here, Revenant on the Atomic Drop Show. Tune in. And now, here are your hosts, Justin Todd and Kyle Cruz. You little punk-ass thieves. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome yet to another edition of Live, the Atomic Drop Show. I am your charming, colorful, and finally have dug out of this freaking blizzard up in Rochester, New York. I am your co-host, Justin Time. And alongside me, all the way out in sunny California, is former contributor to the PW Torch, Kyle Cruz. Kyle, good evening. Uh, good evening to you, too. And uh, you know what? Thank you for the kind introduction. Uh, I was trying to play down my uh, pro wrestling torch column these days. But you know what? Why, why shy away from it? I should probably embrace it. So you are listening to the voice of the... OG of Under the Microscope from, uh, wow, how long ago was that? Uh, a about ago, a right? year ago. All right. You know, still still the original OG of the Microscope, Kyle Cruz, alongside with uh, my partner in crime, Justin Time. Now, you're sounding better. Well, thank you Are very you much. over this little sickness that you had last week? Well, you ready? Yeah. Uh, exhale. You notice no snot. I sound fuller. I sound fresher. I am full of pep and vinegar. I'm ready to go climb that mountain to give you, Wait. ladies and gentlemen, all the wrestling news that I can give that muster out of my mouth. Hold it. Stick a pin there. Did you just say you're full of vinegar? Pep and vinegar. Uh, I think you mean vigor, not vinegar. Either or. Nah, because you don't put vigor on, like, Subway sandwiches. Only if I ask really nicely. How can, see, I'm, I've am i learned to, like, not go back and forth with you on these types of things because we can just keep going on this all night, which is unfortunate. But what you, gonna you do? on the other hand, though, sound a little bit under the weather. You, you know, bump under the weather, man. I'm practically dying over here, man. I don't know what it is, but... Like, uh, last night, I started to get extremely sick, and and, and, and and earlier today, I was, like, throwing up, and, man, it was all bad. But uh, I'm braving it tonight for, for you know, for our show and for our fans and all that, so we can go ahead and give you the best wrestling news that you can hear uh, Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock p.m. on the East Coast. Sorry, 9 o'clock on the East Coast. So, um, you know, other than practically on my deathbed, I'm doing all right. Well, that's good. That's good. 
well, as long as the you are no long, well, at least off of your deathbed as of right now, we mm-hmm. need to get our uh, our uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. Uh, you tell me. Appreciations out. That's a unique word. All right. Well, go ahead and appreciate away. Well, uh, we have a uh, sponsorship slash friendship with our friends over at SteelCageRadio.com. Those are some good dudes over there. Uh, they they actually work with a company out here in Southern California called West Coast Wrestling Company, and you can check those guys out at westcoastwrestlingcompany.com. They just had an event this past weekend featuring, I believe, an appearance from one Bill Goldberg, like a rare appearance at a wrestling show from, from Goldberg. And you can hear the review on that show and a lot more on Steel Cage Radio. Uh, their shows come out about every week, but go ahead and stay tuned to their website, steelcageradio.com, for more indie news. They are the number one spot to catch up on all your indie news, SoCal Wrestling especially, but they do like to talk about their Ring of Honors and uh, other independent promotions from across the country. So, so check those guys out, Degenerate John and Dee Dee. You guys rock. Check, check, these, uh, check those guys out for sure. All right. Second ones coming up are... I, just in time, was out on uh, Blog Talk Radio searching out the airwaves and found a new uh, wrestling podcast that I that I actually enjoyed listening to. His name is Tony Orndorff, and he actually does uh, PWH, Pro Wrestling Hour, which he will give you a rundown on, the, on his top tens of everything across, like, WWE related and will also test you and one and yeah I can't speak tonight which is no surprise from any other night who will actually uh, yeah who will actually challenge you to your top ten and see if yours two will compare to his or not and he will actually debate you. Yeah, he is a really 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 good host actually. I I checked out a little bit of his show last, last week. I was supposed to call in, but I, I couldn't, but definitely I'm going to go ahead and call into a show. It comes on, I believe, every Thursday, right? Yes, it does. Every thir- Thursday uh, here, it's, it's in the afternoon. I, I think it's like 3 o'clock out here, so it, is it 6 o'clock out there? Yeah, it's 6 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, 3 o'clock uh, Pacific Time. He's a good dude. I just added him on uh, on Facebook, and he's a really, really, really cool dude, and he's very insightful. So go ahead and check his show out. Um, I think we might have to have him on just one of these days to chat a little bit about wrestling because he, he's, uh, he's very informed, and he knows a lot he's about it. very educated. He, he does a show solo, which is like we've tried to do solo before, and we have crashed and burned very horribly. Yeah, pretty much. And pretty much this guy, I have, like, the uttermost respect for doing the show solo because I need you to bail me out of bad situations. As do I. Of course, my bad situations are few and far between than yours, but still, they do occur. And also one more acknowledgement I need to give is out to the Shadowy Flight Podcast. Oh! Damn it. The number one source for all... Night Rider related items and such. See, here I was about to give you all sorts of credit for actually plugging another, you know, 
rest of the show. I mean, we have our friends from Steel Cage Radio, and then our and, and then our our friend uh, from Pro Wrestling Hour. But you you really just had to sneak in a plug for Night Rider podcast. Really, really, really. You know what? Just no. to spite you, I'm gonna do just to spite you. I'm, I'm gonna create a podcast just solely dedicated for that great early to mid '90s animated adult cartoon show, Duckman. I like. I have the. Oh, dude, that was a, a a tremendous show, dude. I have the entire series on DVD. You know, with Duckman, Corn Fed. And Bernice is like Duckman's sister. I don't know. Bottom line is, if you get to plug a Night Rider show, then I should have every right to, to plug whatever obscure television show that people don't even like anymore. So, Duckman, it is. Agreed. Now, we mentioned at the very top of the hour that you were a uh, former uh, columnist for the torch. Indeed. And ladies and gentlemen, we have we, we were both thinking of this, just never had the balls to say to each other. We were contemplating about starting our own columns for the Atomic Drop show. Exactly. You know what? Um yeah, we've been having this well, I mean, I can't attest for, for Justin over there, but I've had this idea for quite a while. And, uh, you know, as far as my my schedule, I couldn't really get it to work. And I don't know exactly how Justin's schedule is now because, you know, he's uh, he's not working and he's still preparing for a wedding that's going to be a year in advance. So God knows he has all of his time wrapped up in that. But, uh, you know, I think that in 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 the next little while we should uh, establish you know our, our columns and everything and you know kind of give give you our unique take on whatever's going on in wrestling in pen form in, in addition to our weekly shows here on Blog Talk Radio also now yes. many of you might be tuning in for to hear our interview with the bogeyman indeed sadly me and Kyle were wait, wait, wait. hoping. Don't, 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 don't let me into this, all right? Because as far, I mean, hey, I, I did the initial prep work, so all of the weight shifts off of my shoulders to yours. Yes, I'm throwing you under the bus here on live radio. I don't care. Blame you. Oh, okay, fine. I dropped the ball, so to speak. So to speak. I. I I had a very busy week, and I was supposed to get in contact back with the boogeyman. And sadly, I was unable to do so due to circumstances beyond my control. Mm -hmm. But we will get him back onto the show. I promise you, because I love this man, and I I felt bad because I just didn't have the time and the effort and the ability to go on after him to get a hold of him. So I apologize to everyone who is trying to listen into the boogeyman. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. And also, man, we're full of these tonight. Uh, uh, You're Howard Brody. Yes. Oh, yes. Poor guy. 
Howard Brody, we, he was supposed to be on our show uh, last week once more. Yes. And sadly, uh, due to difficulties beyond his control with his uh, phone unable to uh, work, he was unable to uh, make an appearance on the Atomic Drop show for a second time. We are going to be extending the olive branch out one more time, a little bit longer than the previous two, to where we're going to be like actually hopefully like tapping him on the shoulder with his olive branch olive branch to invite him back onto the show for the third time because the third time is a charm. And and to his credit, you know, he's he's always been uh, apologetic to us and uh in our show with you know, with his ongoing uh troubles that kept him from coming on our show. And if you read his book, by the way, available on East W Press right now, uh Swimming with Piranhas uh by by Howard Brody, he he just talked about just how he encounters I won't say failures, but setback after setback, and he just, you know, like not even halfway through through the story, you want this guy to succeed, and he just kind of just goes through stuff, and that's exactly kind of how Howard and his appearances on this show have gone. You know, we've scheduled him twice, and for some reason just something always comes up, but hopefully we can move past this and we can have him on the show in the next few weeks and uh of course the boogeyman we had originally scheduled him for this date um unfortunately um somebody on our staff didn't uh, follow up here yeah um now you know you never know who's going to show up on the show now you, you know if you listen in and don't try to tune out or anything but we're here to give you uh you know a lot of wrestling talk and we're going to do our best to, you know, to entertain you without boring you. The boogeyman locked in for sure. But you know, you never know. So go. So so just stay tuned. Stay tuned to us, guys. All right. Now now that we got all that out of the way. Oh, by the way. Oh yes. One more plug. Let me plug the phone number. You can go ahead and call us up at area code six four six nine one five nine one. One six. Once again, that number is area code six four six nine one five nine one one six. You can go ahead and call us up on the phone zone and uh, let us know your thoughts on what happened on Raw, the past, the, the past week in wrestling, whether it was uh, Impact, SmackDown, the debut of WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, whatever you need, we can go ahead and talk about. And I know that I, I mentioned NXT; uh, it made its debut last Tuesday night. Of course, the uh, the second episode comes on. In about 45 minutes or so, Justin, did you happen to see WWE NXT last week? I did happen to watch NXT uh, last Tuesday, and I must say it is very innovative. It is very different, and I still miss ECW. All right, well, l- let me ask you this. Okay. Let me ask you this. When, when, when the Atomic Drop Show ended at 10 o'clock, when ECW was still on the air, did you really, like, did, did, honestly, did you honestly switch over to sci-fi and watch ECW every week? No, because I was in parts unknown. Well, the days when you were up there in Rochester in uh, in parts known, did you, uh, all right, fine, on Tuesdays, even before we went live dur- during our uh, previous age of the Atomic Drop Show era, did you 
make it a habit every Tuesday night of consistently watching ECW on Spotify. Yes. Because. And did you enjoy it? Yes. Because I can even have my lovely, charming fiance even verify this. I used to watch it with her to introduce her to the product that I have grown to love, which is uh, professional wrestling. And was showing her on the Sci-Fi Network when ECW was still around. This is what I enjoy watching. So me and her would used to sit down every Tuesday to watch ECW. And was she bored out of her mind? Come on, you can be honest. She was not bored out of her mind because I think she was putting up a very good fight to keep me entertained and happy. Mm-hmm. But if she was putting up a front, she did a very, very good job of hiding it. Well, see, now, now, she doesn't have to put up a front because, you, you know, because you, you gave her that ring, so you can't really take that back, so now... Be prepared for like absolutely no more wrestling. Like in, in fact, as soon as you get married, I'm I'm going to, to predict predict it's the end of the Atomic Drop Show because as soon as you get married, there will be no time that she will allow for you to watch Raw, to do the show, to watch NXT, to watch anything else because you know she worked hard to put up that front when you two were like courting, but as but as soon as you guys get married, that's the end of that. Mark my words, dude. Mark, I'm, I'm serious, dude. Mark my words. Well, then this may be the final year of the Atomic Drop Show, ladies and gentlemen. I think it might be. I think it might be. But, all right, all right. So you obviously enjoyed ECW, and I did too. I think that it it got a bad rap from a lot of people um, who just – who gave it a shot in the original uh, the original days. And, yeah, it, it was nothing like the original ECW, but it carved itself um, a, a niche as being a third brand. And, yeah, it, it, it wasn't on the same level as the Raw or even at SmackDown even. But, you know, they had a nice mix of, of the young upstarts along with the veterans. And when you think of the, his, of the history of the ECW brand, a lot of talent came from that show. You have guys like CM Punk. Kofi Kingston, uh, uh, Sheamus, you know, there were always guys who came up through that brand. Evan Bourne. To make, Evan Bourne as well. You know, uh, there were always people to come out of that brand and be successful. But, um, you know, ECW's gone for the time being at least. Um, your thoughts on WWE, NXT, uh, the interaction between – the Miz and Daniel Bryan and uh, the other uh, pairs of, um, of rookies and WWE superstars? Well, I have to say that the uh, interaction between uh, Bryan Danielson and mm-hmm. The Miz, mm-hmm. that, that I actually enjoyed very much because no one would have ever expected The Miz to actually beat the living hell out of his protege. At least, you would expect that, like, say, like, five months from now or so. But just seeing it, like, come this early and just... And I could, I could see, like, in the future, like, saying that having, like, one of a couple of the good guys or whoever uh, go up to the Miz and say, you broke him, you broke him into being this miserable, nasty, son-of-a-bitch kind of a guy now. Why would you break him like that? 
And I could see the Miz going up there saying, because he needed it. Tough love. Because I could see, like, everything that the Miz is doing right now is more for tough love. But the product itself, like I said, it's different, it's interactive, it's unique. I mean, there's still more questions to be answered, and hopefully by this week we will be able to see how that's going to work out. Because uh, with uh, Danielson's suicide dive into the announce table, and that, that was, oh, man, that thing, he landed hard. I mean, uh, that one, go ahead. Well, I believe it was WWE.com, and, and even on uh, on Danielson's Twitter account, he you know he alluded to the fact that he took that dive and and uh, he he you know he I I think he left with like a nasty welt on his lower back, I think it was, and it was nasty, it was brutal, uh, and that's kind of a a testament or a little glimpse into how physical Danielson can be. Uh, you know, it, he brings something different that a lot of superstars don't have in, in the WWE or TNA right now. Or, and I, this is a, probably a bad comparison on a personal level, but on a professional level, he reminds me a lot of Chris Benoit. He's, he's kind of undersized, um, but he works a very physical, intense style, and uh, it's it's definitely something that it's something different. And I think that it's it's what with, wrestling needs. Wrestling needs another Chris Benoit, minus all the psycho traits. Right. The the Benoit minus the last seventy two hours of my life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, for the most um, part. Well, yeah. But it's it's been a long time, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I do want to see a good Ben Wombat one more time. Well, all you got to do is, you know, go out to your local video store and, and you know, buy, like, I don't know, WrestleMania 20 and watch the triple threat between uh, Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. By the way, while uh, it's on my mind, we're, we're going to go to our number four top WrestleMania match of all time. That's coming up later on, so stay tuned for that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, he he reminds me a lot of Chris Benoit, but um, like Benoit, he he kind of struggled in the charisma department, and I don't know if bringing attention to the fact that Danielson doesn't have a lot of charisma is going to work against him, because I know that you know, say in the case of like a Lance Storm. Alette Storm, who, who was one of the greatest in-ring performers uh, of that time and, and, and even of all time, he had, you know, vir- virtually no charisma, and the WWE kind of marketed that, and he just floundered in in the Fed. So I don't know if this show is really going to bring out a ton of personality out of him, but if there is anybody at least on camera that can do that, it'll be the Miz. So they have a good di- dynamic together, and uh, I can't wait to see what they come up with as far as uh, the interaction between those two coming up in just uh, less than about 40 minutes from now. Agreed, agreed. And what, what, what was your take on uh, NXT? Um, yeah, my my take is that it was pretty much the uh, Daniel Bryan and 
Miz show. Not Miz show like the Tag Team Champions, but, you know, it, the entire show was dominated by those two, and I think that that was the most interesting pairing. Um, and, uh, you know, those two had the most interest of the internet fans, and I and I, I think the Miz and Daniel Bryan got what two segments of of the show, two maybe three. So I think that that's pretty much what's going to drive this first season, however many weeks it's going to go. Um, my my biggest gripe is Michael Cole didn't say this until like 30 minutes into the show, but he said that these eight guys are fighting for a spot on the Raw roster. My thing is, okay, how did they win win the spot on the Raw roster? Do you have to like wrestle your way in? Because in in that case, Daniel Bryan is already 0-1. Uh, I believe it is CM Punk's guy. Dude, by the way, yeah. side note, CM Punk's guy, I'm looking his name up right now. CM, okay, Darren Young. Dar- Darren Young. Watch, pay, pay close attention tonight on NXT. Facially, doesn't he look like a darker version of John Cena? Uh, it, it, well, the, it, the hair has to go. Okay, well, it, it Ignore the hair, which I know is hard, but go ahead and just look just facially. He is a darker dead ringer for John Cena. Uh, it, 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 it was never so clear until I, I like, watched his ring interest. I'm like, that dude looks like John Cena. Well, you know, except the hair. Well, um, also, oh, sorry, uh, yeah, side no. note, your side note. <clears throat> The interaction between uh, Punk's uh, guy and uh, who, what is Punk's uh, tra- Punk's uh, apprentice? Darren Young. Darren Young. Uh, Darren Young. I love the interaction between those two. Like during their segment, like right after uh, Young lost, uh, CM Punk and the Straight A Society just like turned and walked away, like they didn't give two crafts. Well, yeah, it's funny because. Backstage before the match, and even when they were making their their entrance, you know, Darren was kind of like pandering to the crowd while while the Shane Society was kind of just standoffish. Like, what is this guy doing? He, you know, he shouldn't be uh, pandering to these hypocrites and all that good stuff. So, I I found this to be extremely extremely interesting, and uh, <laughs> uh, those two are kind of the opposite. And I like where they're gonna go with those two um, throughout the season. I like David Utunga, who was managed by R Truth. He won a match against what's the uh, uh, exactly. He won a match against what's uh, the thank you against um, what the you know you might have to keep doing that so I can uh, buy some time here. Well, 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 I can always keep saying, what? 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 Huh? What? 
So apparently, yeah. the guy that was um, <coughs> that's being trained by Punk, Darren Young lost to lost to David Utunga, who uh, who caller Dicaris wanted to see um, really be pushed last last week. He got the victory o- over Young, and I think that he has a lot of promo skills, which is uh, which can make him a star just like that. However, he, he won the match with like a, a nasty, brutal, botched spine buster that was like one-handed. It didn't look good, good at all, and uh, that's something that, I mean, it could have just been first night jitters because, you know, he was in front of you know, 25,000 people and, and millions of people watching at home, so maybe that played a part in, in it, but otherwise, that was that was just that was just terrible. Um, yeah, I liked the, the uh, tag team match between Heath Slater and Christian as they uh, as they beat Michael Tarver and Carlito. Um, uh, that match I really wasn't a big fan of. Really? I I don't like uh, Christian's apprentice. I, Slater? No. No, I I don't like that like surfer type laid back mentality. Like he when he did his promo. Yeah, I don't like that. Oh come on, man! I, I I don't. I'm not a fan of that like persona. That is not a good persona for that kid. I've seen worse personas, and. It's all up to the actual guy himself to make it work. I'm not going to give up on him just because of a gimmick. I think that he he showed nice potential in the ring. Um, He already has his character down. It needs to be fine-tuned a a little bit to be, or to have mass appeal to, you know, every WWE fan. But coming from Florida Championship Wrestling, kind of that small smaller town or smaller company. I think that he did fine. He, he seems confident and that's something that uh you know you're gonna need if you're gonna be a WWE superstar. Um now what did you think of the presentation? Like I noticed that the cameras were kinda weird. Different. And like they 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 seem to be like kinda up closer like the the normal I, I'm I'm not sure if you noticed that, but they seemed a little yeah. bit tighter on the action and, and all that good stuff. So I I think it's mostly to uh, maybe to make it seem like maybe a reality show, even though they don't label it like a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's different without a doubt. But I did. The, that's like the first thing I noticed out of like everything else. Right. But I I think they're doing it too to just show up the the closeness and how hard these guys are working or to either show the inexperience of them when they botch up a move. And that's exactly what I was about to say, that I think that the the cameras are there so so these young guys will will work tighter, you know, more snug, not show as much line on on some moves as some young guys might. And I think that uh, uh, I'm not sure where this point was brought up. I'm not sure if I read it on the torch or if or if I heard it on another show, but I like that you know maybe the closer angles are for like I, I'm maybe I'm just buying into the storyline, but do you might think that like these mentors 
as they were, um, actually might go through their protege's matches and, and you know, and kind of, like, critique go through them. them and, yeah, and critique them and try to, like, give them pointers on, you know, well, hey, uh, you 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 showed too much light doing a punch or, or whatever, or you botched that, that horrible-looking spine buster. I All think right. that... Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Then if they're doing that, then what's the point of having road agents? Well, the the road ag- the road agents are for the are for the actual like pros. I, I mean, and, and and it's not like the mentors are the only people who are gonna pull pull them aside and help them out. I think that it's good that this is pretty much a communal effort from everybody because hey, if the wrestlers are bad and if the matches are bad, then the rate is going to go it down. It falls on their responsibility, then. I'm oh, sorry? Then it pretty much falls on the mentor's responsibility. Well, well yeah. yeah, but I I don't think that, that they want these guys to go out there and have bad matches or, or fail. I think that they want all these guys to, you know, to have good promo skills as well as have good, uh, have good matches because, like I said, if the matches are bad, people are going to tune out, you know, because they can't hold a crowd's interest. And it's already – they're already at a disadvantage from the start because they're taking over East Debbie's time slot, and there is this stigma, unfortunately, associated with Tuesday night in, in that, okay, this this brand is just replacing ECW, and, and it might not matter. So people are already going to be skeptical to give it a chance. But – I, we're digressing here a lot, but um, I like the presentation. I like the camera angles. What did what did you think? Because I know that he's your favorite announcer. But what is what what was your opinion on Michael Cole healing it up on a Josh Matthews? Well, talking about internet fans. Because I, I, I was that. Well. I can see that either two ways. Number one, Cole has always played the baby face, regardless, like throughout all the entire career of his. Right. Since 98, since they get rid of Pettengale. Which they should have done, by the way. Go ahead. And all, so, he, I mean, seeing him play the heel seems pretty nice. It's different. And the thing about the internet fans as well, uh, if you, we all remember correctly, Michael Cole used to be in charge of WWE.com. So I think it seemed to be like a little bit of like a whiplash back to then. Saying he can probably speak his mind about what he felt about the WWE fans or on the internet, regardless. And, and you know what? New, not new, but current head of WWE.com, one Joey Styles, former ECW commentator, and, you know, he ran the website OneWrestling.com a few years ago, but, you know, he's an internet guy, plus he has an ECW history as well, and he came out on Twitter, I believe, and said that what Cole said weren't just lines fed through through to him, like, he really, feel, he really felt that way, and uh, it was a shoot. Now, I don't know if Styles was just trying to stir the pot, which he, he very well could have. But, I mean, Cole healing on the Internet 
is entertaining because he he must know that the internet doesn't like my Michael Cole, but I don't know, man. Son it, bitch. What the hell? I just want to say vintage. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you said dumb bitch. No. All right. Sorry. Um, what I don't like is the inconsistency there, because Cole just goes from from being a heel on NXT to going back on Raw and being like a face commentator. That I don't oh. like. My my question is, let's say you get Brian Daniels in the match right or supposedly tonight. Is he gonna say like that drop kick was vintage Daniels? If if he said vintage Daniels then or yeah it, it, <laughs> if he said that then that would be more acceptable. More acceptable than if he did it for any of the other seven rookies because all of these other guys are just totally new and, and totally green. So if he said it for for Daniel Bryan only, then that would be fine. Any, any of the other guys, that would be just totally ridiculous. Oh, I got a question for you. Yes, you do. What is it? What's our phone number again? Our phone number is area code 646-915-9116, and we're actually going to go to a phone call in just a second, just a second, because I, I know that we've been talking for a minute. But we got an email from uh, actually our caller. It's uh, it super fan. Our, there you go. It actually comes from our super fan, Dakaris, who says, and I quote, NXT was really great. The beginning with Daniel Bryan in the maze was pretty intense, uh, as much as I hate The Miz, he made a good point about making Brian improve his personality, but it's still early, so I know Miz and Brian are going to be butting heads a lot. Heath Slater and Christian versus Michael Tarver and Carlito matchup, uh, he was very impressed with. Uh, Tarver's performance was pretty good in that match. He said Wade Barrett and Chris Jericho, uh, he likes to call them Team Ego because those two guys, I guess, you know, showed the uh, kind of self-centered personalities there. Uh, he says that Wade Barrett has shades of Hunter Hearst Helmsley when he first started with WWE. He says uh, his boy David Utunga in R-Truth versus Darren Young and CM Punk. Uh, he said that Utunga wasted no time on Young during the match. In the main event, uh, Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan against Jericho, was a great match, especially the part when Jericho did that sick count on Bryan until he announced the table, quote, damn, Brian's wrestling skills are uh, just incredible. He almost made it Jericho tap. So it sounds like the cars like the show in the email. Oh, you can drop us an email at atomicdrop at myway.com if you want to get a hold of our show in case you don't want to call in. But we do have somebody who do who does want to call in. That's the same person who wrote that email. The cars on the line for a little bit. The cars, man, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing oh, all right, we're, man. We're holding in there. We're holding in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, according to your email, Dakar, it sounded like you enjoyed uh, NXT. Yep, I sure did. What What was your favorite concept of NXT, in your opinion? What What made it seem different from Raw and SmackDown? Mm, 
the reason I like the NXT is because like they're 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 trying to push the young guys, trying like to test them out. Because I noticed during the main events, like it, normally you would think Jericho was going to beat the crap out of Dan Bryan, but he actually let Bryan, Daniel Bryan show some offense during the match. So I was like, oh okay, I like this. Because mm, so that, that's what I thought. The difference between Raw and SmackDown is that they're actually giving young guys a real chance to prove themselves. Well, now Kyle, Kyle I got to shoot a question over here now that the car said that he said okay. that he's letting all the young guys come in there and show them that they have offense and whatnot. Correct? Right. Well, what happens if we get the local hometown hero from Westchester, wherever Timbuktu? Does that mean they're going to let him have more, like, offensive, or are they just going to pretty much throw him into, like, a squish match and say, see ya? Uh, You're going to have to repeat that because I didn't really understand the question. Are you going to say that, like, when when, when there's, like, Like, when you get the hometown hero going up against, uh, like, uh, heel Mark Henry. Mark Henry just destroyed him. Like, Colin Delaney. Okay. So, let's say... uh, uh, say like uh, now that we got NXT now, does this mean that the, now the hometown hero will have more of a fighting chance to beat heel Mark Henry, or will Mark Henry still just pretty much annihilate him? If it's going to be a jobber, like, uh, and I don't li- like to use that word jobber, but if it's going to be enhancement talent, like say, uh, God, like if it was somebody like. Uh, uh, Barry Horowitz, if he came, came in and he is that wasn't the best on, you could do? Okay, well I'm not trying to. Dude, dude sh- shut up! All right, oh, fun, fun. The Brooklyn Brawler. The okay, Brooklyn that's freaking Brawler. If the Brooklyn Brawler just showed up on Raw or on SmackDown, then of course he wouldn't get any offense. The only way that, um any superstar would get or would would allow anybody else to get offense on them as if they were one of these rookies in this NXT setting. I don't think that that this is setting some, some kind of precedent that's that says that that everybody can get an offensive move in maybe at least seven compared to the three that the hometown hero gets. It it is kind of a double standard because there technically shouldn't be any real difference between a quote-unquote jobber and these rookies because, with the exception of Brian Danielson, these guys haven't really been anywhere on the national stage. So there shouldn't be any reason why these these, these eight guys should be able to get offense in on it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a work in progress. I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that, but... No, it's... You you know what? It's a good question, and I'm not stumped, but I don't think that these guys are going to start all of a sudden giving away more... Being an uprising young talent going all the way? Not immediately. I think that whomever wins the show, which... I believe they're grooming a couple guys to win the show. Which, by the way, how do you even win the show? I, and I no one knows. 
Exactly. I alluded to this earlier on, but, you know, how do you win the show? It it, it doesn't say how long the show's going to run. You don't know how they're going to win this contract. But other than that, I think that who whoever wins the show, whoever gets that contract, will be kind of pushed a lot like Maven was after the first edition of Tough Enough. I think that that's when you'll see a, a young guy, a rookie, um, really get a lot of offense in on an established star. But then, truth be told, you know, ever since, what, November, there, there's there been, you know, this whole WWE youth push anyway with Sheamus and Kobe Kingston and Cody Rose and Ted DiBiase and Dolph Ziggler and John Morrison and The Miz. So I think that you run the risk there of too many young guys being pushed all at once and it it starts to become not that believable that all of a sudden these young guys are, are just pushing and kicking and have having their way with all these established guys. The, you know what? This topic can like go through about 18 different ways that we can describe it. Exactly. Dakar, do you have anything else for us tonight, brother? Sorry about the, getting oh. sidetracked like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that, you know, that's like a flashback to our old days, man. Sorry about that, buddy. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about, uh, oh, TNA last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that match you predicted, um, Kyle, yeah, it happened. It's official. They're saying Styles and um, Flair are going to face against Abyss and Hulk um, on, on that Monday. Yep, this on TNA, yeah, next week. I was like, mm. I was like, yep, it's gonna happen. So, uh, and, and what, what's your thoughts about uh, that? Oh, what my what thoughts? I was like, mean, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was thinking, like, I was like, oh man. I was like, as much as I like uh, Styles and Abyss, I'm like, this match may kind of backfire. It, it might kind of, I kind because from what I heard, um, I read on um, one of the forums that like. Hogan said, like, he didn't want, he didn't expect to, like, wrestle again. And then he said, like, the reason he did just for the fans' sake, because he, he, he said, how would it look if I said no and stuff. So I was just like, mm. <laughs> well, well, can I butt in? Because I actually got some vintage TNA news right here. Do you have to say vintage? I, I had, well, I was going to say vintage past, like we were having, but uh, okay. I do have news. Regarding TNA. What's your news regarding TNA? Actually, this isn't a slam. This isn't a joke. This is actually coming from uh, our good friend, Jimmy Z. Oh, all right. This is legitimate. Me and him were talking the other night, and uh, he sent me a link from, I believe it was called, like, the lordsofpain.net or something like that. All right. And uh, he sent me an interview that uh, Hogan had. And he said, pretty much to what Dakar said, saying that uh, Hogan really can't wrestle anymore because when he went off to, uh, what was it, Australia. Yep, Hulkamania Tour. Hulkamania Tour, thank you. Uh, he said that he wasn't moving nearly as good enough as Flair was because he said once he knocked Flair down, Flair just got right back up immediately. And he said that Hogan could not, like, even pick himself up to continue the match. I mean, he he was struggling real bad, and he said that, I think he said that his, like, his, I want to say his hip popped out or his oh, uh, arm popped out. One of the two. I cannot remember what it was. But he said, you know he what? Had, I, he, I actually have that 
the interview right in front of me. Here's the quote. He says, oh, I can't. Do, wait, 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 wait. Do you do it in Hulkamania voice, Hogan voice? Dude, I I don't do a good Hogan. I I really don't. I can try. Oh, try. Try it. Oh, oh, I can't, brother. I was in Australia recently, and I did four dates. Oh, no, no, no. Well, it was okay, but all right. You can, what do you think, Dakar? Should he, should he do it in Hogan voice? Uh, nah. Oh. Yeah, see, see, now, my Dusty's better. Hogan, I still need to master that. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I will try over the next seven days to do a decent Hogan impression, and I will come back, and, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, try it on you guys. Very good. All right. All right. He says, oh, I can't, brother. I was in Australia recently, and I did four dates wrestling with Flair. The first day I ran into Rick with the shoulder tackle and knocked him down. He popped right up and came right back at me. I didn't have my footing right. I was turned in when he hit me, and my right hip popped out of its socket. The pain shot like a piece of electricity to my head and right behind my ear. I felt like my head exploded. I fell and dumbed it up against the rope until I could pop my hip back in. That was my first day back. And, and he continues, I really didn't want to wrestle, but I got into a situation with TNA when the fans are chanting, Hogan, Hogan, it's hard to say no. I painted myself in a corner. Now I'm fighting in a tag team match March 8th with the Miss against Ric Flair and AJ Styles. I did that to myself, and I really shouldn't be wrestling anymore. So uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what corner did Hogan really paint himself in. I think nobody it's is coming in. I think it's because he was becoming an on-air character. It, Whoa, he was always... It sounds like he's regretting his decision to go into TNA because they're oh, no. expecting him. No, well, he's not regretting his decision to go into TNA. He's not. Well, then, it could, then what, what, could it be Bischoff pushing him to wrestle? What it could be is, is like that video that I did a few months back. Was it a mistake for TNA to sign Hulk Hogan because we all know that Hogan is a self-promoter. That's what he does. We know that that's what he does. So that might be Hogan's subtle way of it, kind of weaseling himself or excusing himself for wrestling in a match, doing it because the fans told him to, that the fans were claiming for it. I'm a Hulkamaniac. I mean, I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, we got our every Hall of Fame induction. It doesn't matter who the living fuck it is. They all, all the fans chant one more match, one more match, one more match. Hogan gave us like one match plus 20 more. I mean, do we still want to see him go? Even though we all know, even though we all know that that man is like, a walking geriatrics park. Wow. I, I, I'm i not in a big hurry to see him wrestle. I wish that he wouldn't. Um, I mean, uh, the, man, the man needs to be saved. And I'm not talking religious way. I mean, like, saved from the wrestling business. The man needs to, like, slip away. Well, like he did when, needs uh, the money. Hogan oh, yeah, agreed. Yes, Hogan does need the money, but he's also Hulk no, Hogan. 
he can get away by doing like autograph signings. And if you remember, he was doing some quote good movies, Tropic Thunder, uh, Mr. Nanny. Hmm. I mean, the man can maybe act. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say Tropic Thunder? Yes. Yeah. That he, dude, he didn't do Tropic Thunder. Like he did Tropic Thunder Paradise. Paradise. That's what it was. What the same, like, like, nah. Yeah, I got the tropical thing working right there. Oh well. Whatever excuse you can come up with, go ahead and use it. Oh, thank you. But like I said, I mean, the man can supposedly just get by on doing appearances, autograph signings and maybe just beat the living crap out of somebody out at an indie show. We know he did that when he faced, was it the big show, like at WrestleMania 23, after WrestleMania 23, labeling the match that should have been? I mean... Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, that the man well, can make money. He just give up maybe like a quick body slam and a beat down, and then that's it. See, he'll be on his way. I mean, he does not... He needs wrestling, but not to the extent where it needs him to be in the ring for more than 20 minutes. That's I, all I'm saying. 20 minutes? Uh, I, I agree with you on one front. I disagree with you on a couple. Because... That's what one, the show's about. Yeah, exactly. One, Hulk Hogan and Big Show did not draw. Um, the original venue that they had rented sat like 20,000 people. They could, could barely fit like three in there. So... Hogan Hogan by himself doesn't draw money. And truth be told, the only reason why that why that show show sold so many tickets is because it was billed in Memphis, Hogan against I believe it was Jerry the King Lawler. But Jerry the King Lawler couldn't yeah, wrestle because very true, of the, very true. He couldn't wrestle yeah. due to like the Hall of Fame contract or no, it wasn't like Hogan was feuding with Vince at that point in time. Yes, and uh, at that point, the way that the Fed spun it was that Hogan's cameras for Hogan Knows Best would be filming the match. Yeah, and, that's how it was. And Hogan Knows Best uh, appeared on VH1, which is a CBS company, and they wouldn't allow a WWE wrestler to appear on another network that wasn't a part of the Universal NBC family. That's how they spun it. The realism is that based on Hogan versus Lawler, they would have sold a lot. And at the last minute, the Fed pulled Jerry out of it, so he couldn't wrestle. So, But but in in his place, they got the big show, and you also got a, a Lawler in attendance. You had Brian Christopher in, in the building wrestling somebody that night, so I guess it wasn't a total bust. DeCars, you got anything else for us tonight? I'm so, sorry to keep trailing off on you, buddy, but it, it's oh just been a very interesting. <laughs> it, you you just keep asking so many like state or saying so many statements that I have to like ask a question because uh, I just want to try to piss off piss off Kyle. If that's yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man! Oh well, my yeah, that's pretty much. Pretty much it, because like, I don't want to talk about Raw last night, because that was horrible. <laughs> Boy, but the whole show was horrible, and I, I, I mean, look, I I will say this. I won't give the entire show a thumbs down 
but there were only about maybe two, maybe three good segments on Raw of two hours and eight minutes last night. No, not at all. Uh, Hey, I enjoyed teaching Sean. Hey, hey, it's a hell of a lot better than the Jerry Springer one was. Okay. Anything to beat the Jerry Springer one. He's the top of the back. Without the spinning guitars and without any interaction, without any other wrestler, that being dude, Jerry Springer. Dude, 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 pardon the expression, but if you're comparing dog shit to horse shit, it's still shit. So why would you ever bring up Jerry Springer, Chief and Chong, ZZ Top all together? All three of those shows were garbage. All right. Well, it all it all depends on the matter of who's enjoying it or not. And we, we, talked about this. We, we talked about this last week. When you are writing... Just because you don't peach, like Cheech and Chong hold, does not mean I don't like Cheech and Chong. Hold on a second. I, I, okay, look. I can separate myself from being a wrestling fan and enjoying the, the show to look at it from an, an objective perspective. You have Cheech and Chong, known for their marijuana humor. They are guest hosts on a wrestling show that is written for a TV audience. Uh, for, I'm sorry, for a TV PG audience. They're writing for kids and for families. There is nothing childlike or or uh, anything that uh, of a family is comfortable watching. Uh, marijuana, as you know, whether you think it's right or wrong, that that's irrelevant. The bottom line is is that you have people. These two guys who have made a name for themselves talking about drugs and glorifying them, and you don't want to send that that message to kids and the family, and I think that that's going to drive away a nice part of your audience. And the, well, that's the why official... they got high off Lucky Charms. I mean, so, so all the kids are now just going to be Lucky Charms. Okay, so instead of having kids smoking marijuana. So, so pretty much what they're doing is pretty much instead of saying they got high, they're pretty much just got like a badass sugar rush. But why would... I, maybe I can't separate myself from being a wrestling fan and, and just enjoying something for what it is because I don't understand how this helps anybody, helps anything, because... They're they're on the build, they're they're on the road to WrestleMania. They're they they have this tremendous build last week, and then it stalls this week with a bunch of comedy. What three segments, maybe more, three plus segments of Cheech and Chong doing their lame comedy with Hornswoggle, Lucky Charms, Chris hey, Master. You you cannot hey the thing about uh. Cheech running his uh, hair through William Regal's, his hands run through William Regal's hair was funny. It wasn't funny. It was funny. I laughed. I laughed when he, they also said, I'm looking at Kelly Kelly's breasts, and then all of a sudden, Chris Masters' boobs jiggled. I found that right. fun. That, I chuckled. 
That was the the only part of the Cheech and Chong segment that that I mildly and I do mean mildly enjoyed. I, I just overall the entire night the Cheech and Chong uh, guest host segments bombed with this particular viewer. Dakaris, I know you said that you didn't want to talk about Raw. Uh, I know that for the most part it was a bad show, but was there anything else before we let you go that you enjoyed? Oh, oh! I enjoyed uh, the beginning, of course, with with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I was like, yeah, yeah that was that was good. And, and and surprisingly, I was shocked with the Cena Batista confrontation. I was like, it was actually wasn't that bad. I was just like, and I was really shocked when Batista said to Cena, like, like, why don't you go go back to kissing babies and hugging Thacker? I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice line. I like that line. Um, even though I hate I, I I hate Batista's guts and stuff, I was just like, damn! I did not expect that from Batista. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and then and then lastly, I was oh, was shocking that when Sheamus came back and beat the crap out of Triple H and stuff. Yeah, those were the parts I I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, other than that, I just didn't enjoy everything else because, like you said, Cheech and Chong kind of ruined the the move for the show, because I was just like, the Lucky Charms thing, I was just like, come on. I was like, they don't think it's trying to make Lucky Yeah, because they, because I did read on the website saying, like, they were going to make a lot of drug use puns and stuff, so I'm, I'm guessing that was it, yeah. So. One more question before we let you go seriously this time, but just based off of what you saw last night with this campy guest host with Cheech and Chong last night and Chris Angel coming up next week, do you think that you will be watching a little bit more Raw or a little bit more Impact coming up next Monday night? Hmm. Uh, for right now, I'm I'm going to have a little more faith with WWE. I'm praying that they'll do a better show next Monday because they have to. This much as a make or break for him next Monday. So, so right now, yeah. But I know my dad will probably watch more Impact than, than yeah, than Raw. You know, since since he's such a huge Impact fan. So I'm like, so who knows? All right. Well, thanks for the call, the cars, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you calling in. Go ahead and call back in next week. All right, man. Uh, all right, man. All right. For sure. See you later, man. So, uh, can I, I want to know. Can I just say something real quick first? Please, please go, go. I'm on NXT right now. I'm watching it. Yeah. And uh, what they did is they uh, have. Uh, hey, 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 hey! Spoilers, man. No, 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 no. This is observation. All right, all right. They have our truth guy out. Wh- whatever his name is, because I can't keep them all straight yet. And uh, they, they Rotunda, and they they now they said his name right there, and above it they said Twitter.com/slash/DaveRotunda. Are they now enticing us to go to Twitter now, or are they just since they don't have a WWE fan or fan nation or whatever the hell they're called now universe page yet or profile on WWE.com? Apparently. What they're doing is they have a list of all eight um, rookies' Twitter accounts. You can go to twitter.com slash 
WWE slash NXT dash rookies, I believe. Uh, I'm going to have to check that out. But um, they are pretty much promoting, you know, following these guys on Twitter to kind of keep up with their with their lives as they progress on the way to becoming uh, WWE superstars. So, they, yeah, for the most part, they're they're trying to hype their Twitter accounts and all that good stuff. So, also, I, yeah, uh, have you checked out the new wrestling show that's out now? What's the new wrestling show out right now? Oh, you know this one as much as I do, Wrestlelicious. You know what? Wrestlelicious, baby. Um, Wrestlelicious. Oh dear. You know what? I I think I need to endeavor to get Jimmy Hart on the show. That would be crazy. Ooh. Um, we'll work on that. Uh, I have not checked out Wrestlelicious yet on 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 TV here in the United States. It only comes on something called Mav TV, which I don't have. I believe it's only on like satellite systems and I have time order cable out here, but it is available online at com. I think. So I think I'm going to have to check that out. I believe the first episode came out yesterday. So you never know. We'll, uh, we'll see how, how, how it all turned out. You know, we saw that we all saw the, the promo video where it was like a music video with all of the, the lady wrestlers in there. They're singing this song and it's very, very campy and cheesy, but let's see what they can do. I'll give it a Agreed. chance. Now, what uh, what was your question to me? Um, it was more about Raw. Uh, okay. I, besides the Cheech and Chong segment, I know that the cars alluded to it a little bit earlier on, but what did you think of the, uh, the, the opening segment between Shawn Michaels and Triple H? As I'm dying over here. <laughs> you go ahead and take your sip while I try to entertain the people. Uh, that 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 segment between those guys that was actually uh, it was very heartfelt. I mean, even though I bet you they both know the, the how it's going to end with probably Taker winning, but just to see the electricity and just seeing them hype it up and just seeing that he actually does believe in him, that he can beat the Undertaker. That, that they need to have more like wrestling speeches like that for like, or have like public speakers like take lessons from those kinds of guys just to uplift them when you have like a bad day or something, because it just felt to you like you can go out and like conquer the world after he gave that speech to him. Of course, that pep talk did not do any good as far as the rematch for the WWE Unified Tag Team Championships as DX fell once again to Showmiz. The Miz and the Big Show. Um, a, <laughs> a, an image of The Undertaker pops up on the screen to track Shawn Michaels. Okay. Hit, okay. Hit music. Yes, go ahead. My favorite part about that whole thing, that whole entire match, I said to myself when Michaels was coming out, I said, you know, I wonder if The Undertaker is going to start to be playing mind games because I like it every year whenever he starts playing mind games. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when you see The Undertaker came up there, I actually, believe it or not, I marked I marked out and I said, holy shit, they are actually doing mind games. Because I think the mind games is the best part of the whole entire freaking show or road to WrestleMania. 
because they're different, they're unique. I mean, when The Undertaker had the uh, image of uh, Cowboy Bob Orton and Randy Orton in the casket, that I thought was, like, phenomenal. I mean, the mind games that Undertaker does, or at least whoever comes up with them, are by far the most creative things that they can do. Period. That is true. The, normally on the road to WrestleMania, the, the Undertaker, uh, the Undertaker vin, vin, vignettes or the mind games, as you say, are normally the high points, the uh, most interesting to WrestleMania. And when you combine just Taker's overall gimmick and those mind games being played, when you combine that with Shawn Michaels and his believability, sometimes he's over the top, but I think that it doesn't distract too much from whatever storyline he's in. But when you combine those two guys and you know that you're going to get perhaps the greatest match in WrestleMania history again, uh, that that just makes you that more that much more hyped for the big show coming up on March 28th. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's, it, I, I, I really can't wait. You know, we're, what, we're like 26 days away from WrestleMania and, you know, so far the, the lineup has been, you know, it's starting to fill out a little bit. We have five matches on the card one thing that I do want to get your take on, though, yes. uh, is it just me, or has <laughs> is it just me, or has the Bret Hart Vince McMahon angle has that fallen flatter than China's chest circa 1996? Okay, two things. Uh, actually, maybe even three things. To answer okay. your question, it was going good until that stupid ambulance, or, the, yeah, the ambulance ride, and yeah. him with a broken leg. That's right when it fell flat. They killed it right there. Of course they had they something going really good, but for some reason, Vince thinks it's the best thing ever. So be it. It's not that, not that much of a draw anymore. Second, uh, have you noticed that now with uh, we have the women's title change, now that uh, Michelle McCool is now women's champion, there is a heel for every title. Huh. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's not one uh, babyface champion. Huh. You, you, you know what? That's a very... Very, very good point. That's okay. a very good point. Actually, that that's damn. You're pretty good. Thank you. And now, third. This may be the first year where, well, with the exception of last year, okay. but uh, and years prior, that the WWE Championship what is not like pretty much bolted into the main event, or like well, the one that's being built around everything. Well, I was going to say that before last night at about 10 o'clock because at the top of the second hour, Batista and John Cena 
had one hell of a promo exchange, and I think that okay, that was... Okay, 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 all right. Here's yeah. the thing on that. I was not a fan. What? I was bored. I swear to God, I mean, I I was upset. I was not happy with how that all went down. Everyone says it was the greatest thing. I beg to differ. I mean, I'm not a fan of how Batista came out and said, this security is for you and all this other bullshit. I mean, I did not feel any emotion coming out from Batista because it sounded like a standard, lame-ass Batista promo who really should not be fed lines onto from the mic or in a deer piece or whatever. He could, The man cannot deliver a freaking uh, promo with any emotion. It's all monotone. If I wanted monotone, I could go out and listen to, like, Ben Stein Fair's Bueller's Day Off. Bueller. 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 All right. I mean, I, I wasn't, I couldn't stand it. I was not happy with it. I mean, sure, Cena came out and did the best promo. I mean, of course. But, alas, he, Batista, was not feeding any emotion back to him. I don't know if that's supposed to be it. But in the gimmick that Batista's walking out, kind of like this, like, thuggish rock star thing, that, that kind of killed it, too, because I looked at him and I said, that's kind of like circa old Austin, which has already been done with the leather jacket and whatnot. I mean, I was not a fan of that, either. It's like, it, find something different. I mean, there's other gimmicks that you can use out there. I mean, give the guy a bandana or something. <laughs> Give them a picture. Oh man. Um. I mean, what? They, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm. I know I may have pissed some people off, but I was just not a fan of how they're pro- portraying Batista as a heel. Granted, they're doing a good job of it as him being like a complete badass. That's fine in the ring, but his promo works, in my opinion, are just like utter garbage. Once again, if you want to be a part of the show, you can go ahead and call us up for the last about 15 minutes or so. You can go ahead and call us up at area code 646-915-9116. Once again, the number is area code 646-915-9116. Call call me up. Disagree with me. I I dare everyone to call me up and disagree with me. I understand kind of where where you're coming from. But I do believe that that is his character, that he's supposed to be just so nonchalant. And one of the best lines that we've heard in a promo in a long time, Batista said, he, I, he said something to, to the effect of, just straight up, I'm here for the money, and I'm here to win titles. I don't care whether this crowd cheers me or boos me. And I think that that just totally encaptures what Batista's character is all about. He's just a badass who just wants money and he wants wants to be champion. And I think that Batista right now is the best Batista that we've seen since he's you know been on Raw or been on SmackDown. I think that his that is his character now. And here's the thing too. His character is constantly evolving. You know, his, his character now isn't the same as it was, you know, four months ago when he was taking on Rey Mysterio. It's it, it's changing and it's constantly it's constantly moving forward. And I think that 
there is this new added dimension to his character that really adds a lot of intrigue to his, you know, to himself personally and to this feud, which I'm glad to see because I believe they first squared off at um, not WrestleMania, SummerSlam 2008, maybe 2007. I believe it was 08, though. Okay. And uh, I'm sorry. But no, I mean, I mean, I'm saying that I, I, just purely based off of what I heard last night, I'm me for for once for for the first time in over what for the first time in like six years, I am finally interested in a WWE title match at WrestleMania. Now I they might not. drop the ball. I am not. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, I am not interested in this freaking title match. This title match has no draw for me whatsoever. It doesn't do anything for me. The only time that I got excited was last year for when it was, no, two years ago when The Undertaker was beating Edge for the title. That's when I was excited. These past few years, it's just been blah, blah, blah. Well, we have somebody here to call in and either disagree or agree with you. They're calling from the 814 area code. Call you on the air with you, Tommy Drop. So state your name and where you're from. Kyle Cruz and Justin Todd. What's up? It's Todd to Todd Ornorf from the PWH Pro Wrestling Hour. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing hey, good, brother. How's it going, dude? I'm doing very good. Actually, I just I've got off work, so I'm glad I caught your show because I appreciated the phone call on my show on Thursday. So I ran out of work really quick to try and give you guys a call. Well, well, we appreciate that very much, and thank you very much for returning the favor. Hey, no problem, buddy. How's things going tonight? Well, we're we're doing good. We're we're pretty much right now just discussing. Uh, See, Kyle over there believes that the WWE Championship right now for WrestleMania is probably one of the best ones he's seen in about six years. Well, I disagree and say that it's pretty much like the most lackluster one due to like a weak champion such as Batista giving like crummy promos. Weak champion? I would uh, have to say that I agree with Sir Justin Time. Because oh. I was, as I was, I know, I know. As I was watching Raw yesterday, Honestly, I was, uh, you know, I I saw the promos, and then, you know, I, I heard Batista's, and then he walked out, and, and then it was like I was looking at the clock because I was just waiting for this thing to get over and over because, um, you know, he was monotone, and uh, he just doesn't have the emphasis, I don't think, to just, you know, really make you want to just, you know, like, God, i got to keep watching this. i got to see what's coming next. Is it going to be a good match? I'm not a big fan of both of their works. Um, more Batista. I don't like Batista, but uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, it's hard to tell like how it's gonna go, but I don't know. Just the promo was horrible, and Batista just he blew it for me because Cena's was good. Cena's was very good. As of late, he's been uh, he's been rocking the promos, but I think yeah. uh, Dave Batista kind of killed it for me. See, I'm thoroughly convinced. Wait, dude, you and Jay outnumber me all the time. See, you know what? I, no, not I, necessarily. Jay actually sides uh, with you more. You know what? I, I firmly believe that you are that that you are in the pocket of my friend Justin Time here. So I gotta ask you, buddy, how much did he pay you? 
to because I mean there there is no sane person out there who would really agree with anything Batman has to say. Well, honestly, you know, I I'm <laughs> I agree with him, and I you know I would like to side with you. You seem like a nice guy as well, but unfortunately, I can't at this time. I I do believe is uh. It's going to be a good match, but I don't think it's going to be one of the better ones in the past six years or whatever was said. All right, so fair enough. Now, uh, I'm not sure how much of the show you caught, but earlier on we were talking about just how the overall card for WrestleMania was shaping up. Just overall, with all the builds, um, with all the matches, Cena Batista, Triple H, Sheamus, Money in the Bank, Bret Hart, Vince, uh, Vince, uh, the world title match in Taker Shawn Michaels. How do you think the build has been so so far, and what what interest level are you at for WrestleMania 26 at this very moment? Actually, I believe the card is very well. Um, uh, pretty big on the card, and uh, out of all the matches, um, since I grew up like throughout the 90s and everything like that, I'm I'm actually very um, very interested. In the Undertaker Shawn Michaels match, and um, and I got a feeling that the Edge and Jericho match is, uh, I got a feeling it might steal the show. I really do because mm. uh, I'm a huge fan of Jericho. I'm not a big fan of Edge's persona, but he's a tremendous performer, though. Question. Yeah. I know that you know you know a lot about wrestling history, and traditionally. Uh, a world title match that's always gone last in the very last main event slot at a WrestleMania. Do you think that this year, based on what they what they did last year and the fact that uh, Orton and Triple H couldn't top it last year, do you think that for this year only that Triple H, I'm, I'm sorry, that uh, that uh, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, Shane Grosley Career, should go last on the card? I do agree with that. I do agree with that. And because the streak is one thing that, you know, it's like it's like 3,000 hits in baseball. It's like you know, 500 home runs. You know, it's like a milestone. It's what he's done has been absolutely fabulous. And then you got Shawn Michaels' career, you know, which, you know, it's second to none. So for the first time, yeah, I do, I do believe that. I'd have to agree with you, if that's what you're saying. No, yeah, yeah, that that's – Exactly my point, and I see my idea was that I would throw you such a softball that that you were forced to agree with me. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm gonna know that that you're totally not in this pocket. But you know, thank you for confirming that. But yeah. you got anything up? You got anything? Anything else for us tonight, man? Uh no, not really. I just wanted to say that um, after I got my phone call from Justin Time, I tuned in to a few of your guys' podcasts, and I think it's phenomenal. What you guys are doing, and uh, one more time, congratulations on getting a sponsor. I think that's absolutely tremendous, and I wish you guys all the best of luck. Well, thank you thank very you much. Very much. Hey, no, no, and no, and we love your show here. I'm gonna try and, and call in uh, this Thursday. Now, when exactly can uh, people tune in to listen to your show? Uh, my show is. The PWH, the Pro Wrestling Hour, you can catch me, the Towns of Town North, Thursdays at 6 p.m. It was on Wednesdays, which a lot of people know, but it's now on Thursdays at 6 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com. 
Thanks a lot, Todd. We got to go ahead and, and wrap the show up so, because we're up against it in just a little bit, man. But thanks a lot for the call. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can kind of keep the exchanges going, us calling your, your show, and you possibly go ahead and uh, call on our show as well. So thanks for, for your support, and we'll be sure to support you back, all right? Thank you very much, gentlemen. Have a great night. All right, all right you, you too. too. Thanks a lot, Todd. Todd Orange over the Pro Wrestling Hour PWH. You can catch that every Thursday on Blog Talk Radio. Cool dude, man. Yeah, he's guy. a pretty cool dude. I'm, I mean, I like I said, it's the top of the hour. I enjoyed him. I mean, I like what he has to offer. I mean, the kid has his shit together. Point blank. Yes. Very, very, very much so. Very uh, informed, and uh, I get a kick out of listening to his show. So Definitely. If you are... Uh, if if you can just check him out live or even on on the archive because he runs a, a really good show out there. Now we have about five minutes left to go in the show, and what we're doing the five weeks prior to WrestleMania, we're running down our five greatest matches in WrestleMania history, and I alluded to my number four match already. But what was your number four match? Your just. Your number four greatest WrestleMania match of all time? Well, it's going to have to be WrestleMania 17, Gimmick Battle Royal. Uh, how did I know that you would switch from a from totally serious, you know, wrestling insight to something as corny? And it was not corny. Epic. That was awesome. That was. Mo- Monumental, that was something never seen before. I mean, how many times have you ever seen a gimmick battle royal? Ever. None. Thankfully, once. Exactly. And it's by far the best ingenious way ever. To, all, right, all, right, I mean, all right, all right, all right. So, two questions. No, okay. Number one, who won the gimmick battle royal? That would have been the Iron Sheik. Because you know, no one could I throw him over. Because no one could throw him over the top rope because they're afraid he's going to pop his hip out or something. Exactly. Come on, man. Look, I'm fine if you're going to do that on like you know the Raw 15th anniversary or something. But at, at, at a WrestleMania, I guess for nostalgic purposes, it's okay to have legends come in. But I'm fine with doing what they normally do, which is having them in backstage segments partying with like May Young and Slick and stuff, but to but but to put forth you know to set aside twenty minutes, fifteen to twenty minutes for a gimmick battle royal, even though it was nice to hear Mean Gene Oakland doing commentary, that was pretty sweet. Okay. But other than uh, that wait, 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 wait. What? You actually want to hear my real one now? Please. It it was going to be uh I forget what WrestleMania was. But I tell you. it was it was a TLC match with uh, the Hardys, Edging Christian, and the Dudleys. I think that was also at seventeen as well. It was the TLC match between all three of those teams. Yes. Or was it a ladder? It was more of a ladder match, and that's when Jeff Hardy did that the phenomenal Swanton Bomb off the top of the ladder onto Bubba Ray Dudley. Oh, well dude, in 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 that case that was WrestleMania 
Um, oh, wait, 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 no. Okay, so let me set the record straight. There, there was a, a TLC match between Edge Christian, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys, which Edge Christian won. Uh, the Swanton off of the ladder was WrestleMania 16, which was WrestleMania 2000. And that was a match, I believe it was only two teams in that one. Nope, I'm sorry about that. It was actually the Hardy Boys, Edge Christian, and the Dudley Boys, but that was a triangle ladder match for the tag team titles. That's the what one it was. The one at WrestleMania 17 was the one where Edge was in the center of the ring holding the belt by, by like, the cable, and Jeff Hardy, I think, no. Speared him. Jeff Hardy was in the air, and, and Edge speared him. That was the one at, at 17, at 2000. That was the incredible Swanton Bomb, which actually came, uh, which emanated from the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim out here in California. That was pretty pretty sweet. Um, my match uh, is actually going to be the triple the, the triple threat match between Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H. That match was like totally incredible. I couldn't believe how how much those guys put out there with the culmination for like what, 18 years at five four. You're, you're, you're going to have to speak up there a little bit there, partner. Sorry about that, man. But no, dude, um, the thing is, that match was totally awesome for me, and that was my number four match of all time. Uh, we're going to have all of the breakdown between Raw versus SmackDown, besides the Raw versus Impact show. That went down on Monday, March 8th. We're going to have all that for you and uh, a lot more. So go ahead and call us up. In the meantime, you can go ahead and email us at atomic.com or go ahead and save the number. Use your phone right now. Call us up here. Call 646-915-9116. Justin, you got to get out of here. We're just in time. Talk to you. We'll see you later, man. Peace out. Later.